Proverbs chapter 2. And as parents, we need to remind ourselves that we need more of God and less of me in our lives and our kids' lives. That's true for everyone, right? Everyone who claims the name of Christ knows. They know. They know we need more of God and less of me. More of God to lead me out of temptation. More of God to help me grow emotionally, maturity, in generosity, in love, and in truth. And so that is what the Father tells the Son in Proverbs 2. And he's going to show how God is present in our life through wisdom. So if you're here and this is your first time you're listening or watching, um, we're always talking about the Father is parenting our hearts. And for those of us who are parents, he's equipping us to parent the heart of our children. All right, let's listen. Verses 1 to 5, I'll read, I'll talk, and then I'll read more, and I'll talk more, and we'll go like that. All right. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Look at what the father tells the son. He doesn't just say, listen to me, right? He says to the son, make knowing God your greatest priority. That's what he's getting at with all this language. Make knowing God your greatest priority. He's telling the son, son, you need more of God and less of me in your life. So this is our first thought. Be a wisdom seeker, all right? Be a wisdom seeker. Now, parents, this is for you. Don't waste your influence on your kids. It diminishes as they age, right? Your influence goes down as their age goes up. So don't waste your influence on them. Use it well. Don't just teach them if, you know, if they're girls, how to do their eyelashes or how to conjugate verbs or memorize math facts, how to identify trees by their leaves, maybe how to do different sports things, right? Don't just pass along your hobbies and your interests. It's not enough. You want to point them beyond yourself to your God. You want to show them the God that you've entrusted your life and your soul with. Jeremiah was a Jewish prophet. And he wrote about three centuries after Solomon. God spoke these words to Jeremiah. This is the verse. You will seek me and find me. Right? You'll seek, but you'll also find me when you seek me with all your heart. Look at how Solomon draws that out. He says, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart. That means Come ready to learn. Have you ever seen those signs like attitude makes all the difference? Do they still have signs like that in schools? It's kind of true. If you come in thinking, I know all this, you, you check out. Come with the attitude of someone who's ready to learn the wisdom of God every time you open the Bible. And then there are some kids in class who raise their hand just to show up, right? They know all the answers. He says, don't, don't be like that. Instead, call out for insight. Raise your voice for understanding. Be the one who raises their voice to the Lord and says, Lord, I don't understand. I don't know what to do. Give me your wisdom. I don't know what to do in this moment in my life. 
And then he says, seek it like silver. Go on a hunt. Search for it as for hidden treasure so you know the tremendous value of the fear of the Lord. And he says, search for it. Know the value of a right relationship with God and pursue it. In 1897, 100,000 miners and prospectors went to Alaska. They went in search of gold. I hope you can see the picture. I haven't used many images here. But that's a picture. That black line is people. And those are people lined shoulder to shoulder heading up a snowy cliff in Alaska. They had left everything behind to go find gold. And you know how many found it? Almost none of them. But it's the pursuit that shows us. Search for it like gold in Alaska. Put everything behind you and say, I want to have a right relationship with God. Be a wisdom seeker. Every parent can teach. Okay? Some of you have discovered that in the quarantine. Every child can learn. Paul Miller has written a lot of good books. I, I commend him to you. And he often talks about his daughter, Kim. Kim has severe learning disabilities, physical disabilities, mental disabilities. She speaks through a keyboard. She doesn't understand, you know, she's probably never going to mature past sort of a nine or ten year old in her thinking. And yet he often shows how she's growing in the Lord. Every parent can teach. Every child can learn. You've got to teach them more of God and less of you and your hobbies and your habits, your opinions. Why is that? Let's see why. Verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. Comes from whom? From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. And check this out. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice, watching over the way of the saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, which means like fairness. Every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. There is a great concern many parents share, and it is this. What will my kids do when I'm not there to watch them? Will they make good choices or will they make destructive choices? This concern is paralleled for those of us who don't have children. What do you do when no one is watching you? Do you make good choices or do you make destructive choices? This is why we need more of God and less of us. And it's why our kids need more of God and less of us because we're going to let them go. They're going to leave the house. They leave the house all, well, not anymore. Every day almost they used to leave the house. And they would come back and we'd hear things. And we might get a five-minute summary of a 10-hour day. What happened? We don't know. Some parents are filled with fear. 
And this passage says you don't need to be. What you need to do is give them wisdom and more of God and less of you. For two reasons. Because the Lord is a great teacher. He's a great teacher. Okay? And his teachings are the power to protect us and to deliver us. Did you see what it said? Here's the first part. He's a great teacher. The Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Look, the Bible covers all sorts of issues of life. It talks about money. It talks about politics. It talks about debt. It talks about relationships. It talks about just about every issue you will encounter in life. So if you want to get to some of like the quote, real practical stuff, just jump to Proverbs 10 and start reading. But there's a deeper wisdom than that. And we're going to get into that in a second. But I just want you to know, there's a ton of wisdom in Scripture. God is a great teacher. Don't live your life with just your opinions or cobbled together ideas that you picked up along the way from your family and friends. Saturate yourselves in the Word of God so you can actually pass it on if you have kids to them. And when they ask you a question, which kids do, that you don't know the answer to, which we don't, go together to the Word. Show them how to study it. Show them how to search. Show them how to look. There's a great proverb that says, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on it, but in all your ways acknowledge God and hold direct your steps. That's a call to get off kind of your own thoughts and get to the word and get to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Talking about the Old Testament. Elijah, Moses, even Solomon you put in here. Anything that appears in Scripture is ultimately prophecy. But in these last days, he has spoken to us, how? By his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So check it out. God spoke first through the prophets. We're reading, like, if you will, Solomon's prophetic word right now. But in the last days, which we're in right now, he's spoken to us by his son. And so to be real precise, we don't just need more of generic God. We need more of God through Christ Jesus in our life and less of ourselves, less of our own will, less of our culture, less of the wisdom of this world. Now, you might be thinking, man, I've totally blown it. Like, my kids are grown. They're gone. I, I barely talk to the Lord about them. Now they care about God less than I ever did. You might really be racking yourself over with that stuff. I want to give you a couple thoughts on that. And one is this. Um, if you really blew it and you know it, confess it to the Lord. Don't sit there in your guilt forever. Just confess it to the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't teach my children the fear of the Lord. Would you forgive me? You might want to confess it to your children. And you might say, they're adults, they're grown, they, they'll just think I'm weird. The Bible always says if you've sinned against someone, go ahead and confess your sins to them. You never know how truth will change someone's heart. And then I just encourage you, if you're really broken up, to let those tears for your children fill your prayers with passion. Labor in love for your kids, grown as they are, adults as they are, that the fear of the Lord might one day be theirs and not just yours. God's a great teacher. Now I want you to show, show you this logic here, right? So verse 7 says he stores up sound wisdom. It says he is a shield. 
to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice. Did you see that shift? And that's a very um, traditional idea in scripture, that a great teacher and great wisdom is like a protection to us. So God is a shield to those who walk in his ways. He protects the ways, he guards the ways of those who walk with him. That's very encouraging because it means as you deliver your children over to the Lord and you seek to have more of God in their hearts and less of you, you're, when they leave your home, they're not leaving alone. God is walking with them. He is protecting them. He is delivering them just the way he's protecting you and delivering you. I don't know if you've ever had to protect anyone. I remember a few times, not too many, when a ball or, or one of our boys, when they were real young, might, might be heading out toward the street or someone's backing into our driveway and they don't see it, and you just shout, watch out, right? And you're trying to scare them to alert them so that they get out of the way of the car because you're too far away to do something. I've also had times when there's been some bumps in the night and my wife kind of looks at me like, maybe someone's in the house. So you know what I do? You're going to like this. I get up. Now, I don't always do this. In fact, maybe I haven't done it, but I have it in case I want to. There's a gun in my drawer. Did you know that? It's a fake gun. <laughs> it has no bullets, and it doesn't work. My, my father gave it to me. I think it's from, like, World War II. We can talk afterward about that then. But I always thought if I needed to bluff with my fake gun, I could do that. I've never done that. It seems like a bad way, but I'll get up. And I'm willing to go out there and walk around the house and make sure we're safe to protect my family. But I know this. God has protected our family, not me and my fake gun. But the way I really protect my kids is I do my best, and Jamie does this just as much as I do, if not more, is to give them wisdom. So what are you going to do? Follow your kids around all day with your fake gun? You can't do that, right? They're going to be out on their own. They're going to be grown. Same for us. We're going to walk around life and we know we don't walk alone in fear that people are going to get us because God says, I've given you my wisdom. And now look how it works. Verse 10 is the key. Wisdom will come into your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Wisdom's going to come into your heart, and you're going to love knowledge. And that is going to generate in you understanding righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. The wisdom from God is going to give you insight in how to live your life, and you're going to know right from wrong and good from evil, and you're going to know the good path from the bad path. And it says that discretion that you now possess, which comes from God, is going to watch over you. And that understanding you have is going to guard you. Look, saints who are wise make better decisions than foolish people. I've seen it over and over. They make better life choices because God's wisdom is in their life. They're more likely not to fall into debt because they just want to buy or have the next thing. They're content with the Lord. They give sacrificially. They move quickly to prayer. They, stand, they, they stay less in stress. Everyone goes through stress, but they're more quickly activated into prayer. They're taking the steps that they know they can take. They don't let false hopes dominate the horizons of their children's life. Maybe you'll be a great athlete and entertain me or this or that. Look, you know, 0.0001% of kids probably become professional athletes. 
How many of us, though, uh, drag our kids on as if that might be their future? They give their kids realistic visions and hope because they're wise and they're mature and they want their kids pointed in the right direction. They even see God's hand in their physical suffering. I've met now two or three pastors in the last two years who have almost died. Two of them have had very severe cancer. Very severe. It has run these men dry. It is no joke. And I've seen them stand up and say, brothers, you just got to pray for me. You got to pray for me because I've been through the valley of the shadow of death. And I have had great fear. But my rod and my strength, I know Jesus is with me. And God has taken these guys to the edge. But he's held them up. And their wisdom has kept them trusting in the Lord and not quit and not despair. Wisdom helps you see God's hand in suffering. Wise people see the good path of Jesus. Now take it one step deeper. The Bible, yes, it has practical wisdom, but what it really points to is this, the wisdom of the cross of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1, 22-24 says this, Jews demand signs, Greeks seek wisdom. This was written by Paul around 60 AD. He says, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But those who are called, right, to those whom God has called who are his, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. How is Jesus Christ the wisdom of God, right? If God is saying, seek wisdom and you'll find it, and Solomon was spoken long ago, but now today we speak through Christ, then we know that what Solomon was hinting at and foreshadowing at, seek this wisdom and you'll find it. Jesus Christ is fulfilled. He is the wisdom of God because his wisdom is not like the world's wisdom. Instead, his wisdom says, you come die with me, lay your life down, and then I will raise you up in my power and you will be made new. Our world's wisdom, I, I want to think, I feel like I got a good handle on this. I feel like the wisdom of our age asks two questions. One is, what does the science say, right? Because we know facts are better than opinions. So if you, I feel like NPR is a great forum to see this stuff. I like NPR, I like listening to it. And they always want to get people in who point to the facts and the data because they function from a worldly wisdom perspective. And there's, there's often some good in it, right? But the first question is, what does the science say? And then the next question helps someone interpret it. It says, does it promote human happiness, freedom, and safety? And so whatever the cause is, if it's a moral or issue, and all the big issues are moral issues, they'll say, well, what do the numbers say? What does the science say? What does the data tell us? Does that promote human safety? Does it promote freedom and happiness? If it does, then it's wise. That's kind of how the argument functions, right? If it meets these criteria, science has spoken, it promotes these things, then it's wise. Now think of how unsatisfying the wisdom of Christ is. What does science say about the death and resurrection of Jesus? Well, nothing, because it's a historical claim, right? If it says anything, it says it can't happen, but we all know that's kind of the point. Right? We're not saying this is normal stuff. We're saying God's hand is at work. So it's frustrated in the first question. And then in the second question, does it promote human happiness, freedom, and safety? Well, at the beginning, not necessarily. What it promotes is the forgiveness of your sins and the atonement of God's wrath. 
But then ultimately, it says, absolutely, it promotes eternal happiness, eternal freedom, and eternal safety. But along the way, right, it's not always that clean. Along the way, you feel convicted of your sins when you're not happy. You, you hear God's word to do things that you don't feel free. You're led into suffering for Jesus and you don't feel safe. Paul said, Greeks, Jews who, who didn't hear the call of God, they think the cross is folly, absolute folly. He says, but it's not. It's the wisdom of God because it draws you into reality. It draws you into seeing the real picture of who you are. Someone broken by sin, enslaved to selfishness, unable to change yourself in the most profound ways that you want to. And then it shows, this is what God has done for you. God has brought deliverance for you. And that picks up the final theme. Wisdom delivers us from intense temptations. And this is very, very hopeful. Very hopeful for us as people, for any of you as parents, very hopeful. Because that's one of your greatest fears. Who will be with my child when they're being tempted to really sin in destructive ways? And the promise is this. Wisdom in their hearts will deliver them. Wisdom in your heart will deliver you. And that wisdom is the spirit of Christ. There is the wisdom of God in you. I'm not going to talk much more, but I do want to read it. Discretion will watch over you, verse 11. Understanding will guard you. Delivering you from the way of evil. From men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perseverance of evil. Men whose paths are crooked who are devious in their ways. That's how powerful wisdom is. This is a stark picture saying this person is surrounded by people, by men who are perverted. Their speech is perverted. They love wickedness. But wisdom is going to deliver you, my son, from those men. And then he talks about the temptation common to young men and women. Verse 16, he says, So you'll be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Sexual temptation begins with puberty and remains for most of your life. Men and women both deal with it. This isn't just a guy thing, right? But he's warning his son, because they're using kind of a, the father-son image here, and he's saying, look, wisdom will deliver you from her. And how will it deliver him? It will show him her house, that house of sexual temptation, that's death. The pleasures are so fleeting and temporary. 
and the destruction and ill is so great, that's death. And wisdom will show him this is life, the way of the Lord. This is life. What path are you on? What path are your kids on? Are you going to give up more of God and less of you? They need it. You need it. Closing promises 2022. Look at what the Father tells the Son here. I want you to hear this from the Lord to you. So you're gonna you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. And then we're going to close with one final.